How's it going? This is Ben. You're listening to Disney Plus Plus Ben Plus Friends. This is the podcast where grown-ups talk about movies for kids. Although this week we're talking about a movie that's that's kind of ads eh, for kids. Who are kidding? <laughs> we're talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. We're celebrating one of the high nerd hol- holidays. Uh, it, it's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. So we're going to be talking about episode four, Star Wars, A New Hope. And I'm so excited to talk about this movie. We haven't talked about Star Wars properly on this podcast yet. And for it, I've got two of my my best friends. I have, I, and they're both, I think, I don't know. We, we can argue about who likes Star Wars the most. But they, we, between the three of us, we've got some serious Star Wars fans. So I have literally my oldest friend. He's known me my entire life. A stand-up comic and Star Wars expert, Sean Brennan, is on the podcast. How's it going, Sean? Hello, Ben. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad to have you on this one. Uh, Sean threatened me uh, under threat of violence if I ever ever did episode four without him. So uh, luckily, I won't be harmed in this particular instance. And another one of my oldest friends, absolute duckologist, knower of all (laughs) things Donald, Scrooge, and Duck family. It's Dan Forster. How's it going, Dan? Hey, I don't know about all things Duck, but a lot of things Duck. I don't think it'll help me here, but I do love Star Wars. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that I know of, there hasn't ever been an in-canon crossover. I, I do think maybe that, you know, if we keep having these different special editions at some point in time, the Galactic <laughs> Senate, we need to see a shot of the Duck World, you know. Um, and you know what? Maybe the Howard maybe the Duck we're is gonna... canon now. Oh, you're right. Maybe oh, Howard the Duck. Now. Let's get him. Howard the Duck to be uh, the long lost. And then Spider-Ham duck. shows up and Throg. Thor Frog <laughs> shows up. Oh, Throg. Let's get weird. Let's get Great. weird, Sizzy. <laughs> Well, so I like to start things off by helping the listeners get to know my guests as well as I do. It, that last 10 seconds was a pretty good clue. This is uh, two two goofy, weird dudes who uh, I, I'm so stoked to talk about this movie with. But one thing that we always do first is we talk about Mount Mousemore. It's like Mount Rushmore, but with Disney Plus characters. So, Sean, who would be the four presidents on your Mount Mousemore? Okay, so I approach this a little differently than everyone else. Um, I'm A, I'm knowing I'm coming back. So Disney is so huge and so (laughs) crazy that I didn't want to just do a top four. A, it's impossible. And B, I I don't get to do the segment anymore. So I decided to do kind of focus on what I think Disney does the best, which is side characters. I think that is what makes Disney Disney. Fair argument, fair argument. Sidekicks of all time. So number one, I would put Sebastian the Crab. Need I say any more? He's fantastic. Songs are great. Excellent. Very funny. Uh, number two would Good be Lumiere. Man, you know, <laughs> yes, great <laughs> wingman. Always trying to make sure Ariel gets a little something, something. Yeah, yeah. He he plays flute music out of reeds in the water. I mean, come on. Uh, number two would be Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Again, great wingman, yep. classy. Uh, number three, I'll throw a curveball, which is Doctor Jamba from Lilo and Stitch. Whoa. I think he is, is hilarious. Yes, it's a heck of a... I prefer the term evil genius! I think that movie is vastly <laughs> overrated and I, underrated, and I just think it's great. Nobody talks about him. Uh, and then the best part about marrying someone who has a kid already is sometimes you get to catch up on things you missed. And I did not sure. watch the movie Tangled when it came out, uh, which is a shame. Oh, and if bad. you haven't seen it, please do... Just for Maximus the Horse. Maximus the Horse is one of the greatest characters of all time. 
He's the hero of that movie. He's funny. He's great. Those would probably be my four side characters. He's a good detective. He's a great give, detective. Uh, give and Sherlock a run for his funny. Sniffs yeah. like a dog. I'm, when he climbs <laughs> behind that stone and pulls the branch and it looks like a whore, I lose my mind every time. It's just great. Yeah. No, this is good. I, I, I appreciate this Mount Mousemore of, of, of sidekicks. I like this a lot. Uh, Dan, who would be on your Mount Mousemore? Uh, mine, I had a little bit of trouble with it just because I felt like one of the four maybe shouldn't be on there. Like, it's a little redundant, but uh, I've got you Donald and You had and trouble picking Rude. four of the greatest <laughs> characters in media history? <laughs> what? Everyone you've ever loved is in one group and that was hard? That's, that's just difficult for me. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, two of mine are like they kind of go hand in hand, and it's almost like if you like one, you like the other. So, do they both yeah. need to be on here? But I went ahead and did it anyway. Uh, Donald and Scrooge. Okay. okay. No, Donald I thought about it as a joke doing like Scrooge, Launchpad, and Darkwing, or something like that. I did not do that. No. That's Mount but, Blackmore. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I went with uh, Donald Duck, of course. Uh, he's he's the he's my favorite, like classic Mickey and Friends Disney character. He's the best one, arguably the only good one. And then Scrooge is obviously, you know, Scrooge is great. I love the Carl Barks comics. Absolutely. Branching out from that, uh, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of thought like there should be like Disney and then Marvel and Star Wars, since you know there's sort of these different categories. So I put sure. Spider Man on there. Because he's the uh, greatest comic book character of all time. Uh, certainly I'll the best Marvel I'm character. Not gonna, I'm, I'm not here to fight that. Yeah, that's, that's a solid thing. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I, my, I my wouldn't fight favorite. it either in terms of a character. I do think it's funny that that's now the third or fourth person that said Spider-Man, who still technically still belongs to Sony. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, but, the, the films, maybe, but sure, but he's, he, a, he's he a Marvel up, Comics yep. character. So, Absolutely. Um, and then... Uh, yes, yes. And then my number four is uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, it might be the boring Star Wars <gasps> choice, but he's always been my favorite Star Wars character. I, when I was in elementary Jeez. school, first getting into Star Wars, I had like a cool friend who was definitely the Han Solo of the two of us. So I was kind of the Luke by default. Uh, and plus Luke, Luke's awesome in Return of the Jedi. So it's fine. <laughs> don't he's tell Return of the Jedi and he's so good in, in the last Jedi. I mean, yeah, like, do not now let that, anyone now that, oh, besmirch your Luke Pitt. If you want to talk about Thank character you. arc, no one has a better character arc in any of the Star Wars movies than Luke Skywalker, where he starts in one with to where he ends up trilogy. is incredible. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, no, so that's that's super solid. I love that you went ahead and went Donald and uh, and Scrooge. <laughs> that's 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 good. Well, because like I feel like uh, it, it's sort of like with the real Mount Rushmore. Like, yeah, of course you have to pick Washington and Lincoln. It's like okay. <laughs> right, sure. and then it's <laughs> sure. like who are the other two guys? So for you, you were like, well, I have to have Scrooge and Donald obviously so who are the others so i like i like that a lot all right so we are here to talk about one of the best movies ever made that's kind of we can talk about this a little bit that's sort of not even just an opinion that's uh, there there's quite a bit of a claim to this movie it's thought of as one of the crowning achievements in cinema and popcorn movies and sci-fi it really and it's Air Bud. No. And it's Air Bud. Uh, well, Air Bud, uh, seventh <laughs> inning fetch. There's uh, no rule against one. a dog blowing up the Death Star. <laughs> hey, there's no rule against it. Actually, that's what Rogue One's about. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we are going to be talking about episode four, A New Hope, a.k.a. Star Wars. It was originally released as Star Wars came out May 25th, 1977. This movie was an immediate phenomenon. It, it was absolutely unlike anything ahead of its time. 
or after, to be honest. I, I think probably the closest that we've come to since is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But even then, that's not quite fair because of how that's been spread out over so many different movies. You know, this movie got 92% from critics and 96% on uh, audience Rotten Tomatoes. So everybody loves it. Roger Ebert at the time wrote, it was an out-of-body experience. He said that the special effects were legitimately magical to him. I don't think... <laughs> This is this is a part of the podcast where normally I, I spend a lot of time talking about the history and the context, but I don't think that Star Wars needs a lot of context. I think no. that we are living in the fallout of it. So per your uh, permission, I I vote that we just jump straight into talking about what we love about Star Wars. What do you Yeah, think? I mean, what are you going to say? Are you totally. alive? Then you've seen Star right. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you've and you've heard it quoted and you know the references yes. and Of yeah. course. So, I'll start us off just that I, I think that the the opening crawl and John Williams score. I, I would rather watch that on a big screen in a movie theater than, than ride any roller coaster. And I love roller coasters. Anytime a new star Wars movie comes out and it's what, I mean, I guess, I don't know. We'll see if this happens with these next ones, you know, with the high Republic and all that jazz. But as these sequel trilogies have been coming out, sitting down, watching the force awakens, the last Jedi and getting that just adrenaline high. Mm -hmm. uh, And then the, the, absolutely perfect score of john williams and the title crawl and then having it always segue into some sort of spaceship thing it, it rules so hard and it makes my body feel awesome <laughs> well it's also uh, this I, complete silence and the long time ago in a galaxy far far away you just know yep. you just know and you're waiting for it. i mean i watched it today and i literally every time i watch it part of me goes here we go like you're just yep. you just instantly know what's yeah. gonna happen i compare it to a roller coaster because it has it presses a similar part of my brain so you know i, I i'm from kansas city i've been to worlds of fun a jillion times i've ridden the mamba 15 jillion times and every single time that you get to the top hill of the mamba and then it starts to drop that the, that feeling kicks in and that is exactly how i feel when a star wars movie starts and i love in particular this one, so so I don't know about you guys. I watched this on on Disney Plus. It's the it's the 4K. It looks absolutely phenomenal. And when the Tantive Four bursts out and then gets chased by the giant Star Destroyer, I think one of the things that's so cool about this movie is that even even though we've seen all nine of the Skywalker saga films and and the three or four, I guess there's what two or three Star Wars stories. Even though we've seen the the expanse of all of it, that first shot of the massive Star Destroyer. Oh, it's unlike feels, anything in feels cinema. It's huge. It's yeah. still, exactly. It, we know it, how big this galaxy is going to get, but because of how well shot and edited that first segment is, it still feels just as massive to me as it did when I first saw it as a little kid. I, I just absolutely love the way this movie just shoots you out of a cannon. It's 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 incredible. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. I I would even completely run that into Darth Vader showing up for the first time and that white smoke. You're right. Everything's running around. You have no idea what's going on. Uh, and that watching the movie again is my favorite part of this, especially episode four. Is you don't know what's happening. Like all you get is that opening crawl, and then you don't know who these people are. You don't know who the bad guy is. You don't know why the bad guys are really the bad guy. You don't understand what's going on. And yet instantly you understand that here's Vader. Here's this guy. 
doing the classic villain move of asking someone questions while choking them to death. Yes. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you want some answers, maybe punch him next time. Don't start with the head though. The subject gets all woozy, but, uh, <laughs> like he just, it's, it's just so perfect. And the, the screaming of tear this place apart. I want those plans, find the passengers. I want them alive. Like, you're just instantly in. You don't know what this is. You don't know where you are, but you, you're you just sucked into it. It just dumps you in. And I, I do think I want to try really hard to talk about this movie and not all of Star Wars. Because sure. th that's a trap, you know. But I do think just if I can tip my toes for just a second, that what this does so well where the prequels fail is the prequels want to hold your hands and drag you down uh, into a maze and into a quarter. And instead... This just drops you off. This just says, this is the ship. That guy's scary. Go. And there's no hand-holding. You're left to come up with the assumptions on your own. And that's awesome. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things that kind of comes up later on when, uh, I think when you first meet Obi-Wan and, and like he's this ancient wizard and Uncle Owen is like, oh, that old religion. As long as yes. we're dipping our toes in the prequel stuff. I love how this movie and really the original trilogy treats Jedi the Jedi compared to the uh, the prequels where it's it's this weird old religion of wizards and not like mm -hmm. not the space army that it is in the in the prequels. It's way more mysterious. Right. Well, to yes. jump onto yeah. that, too, what 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 I love about this movie is it's not as elitist as they make it. This movie yeah. is very much posed the point of. Anyone can do this. The force is everywhere. And if you believe hard enough and you focus hard enough, then you can do this. Not how much fungi is in your bloodstream. Like it's much <laughs> right. more whimsical. It's much more fantasy. I feel with Star Wars in general, the more they explain Star Wars, the less magical it becomes. And that's why this is my favorite of any of the Star Wars movies is there's so much that your brain just gets to explore. That's what makes Star Wars great, is Lucas gave us this playground and just put people in the playground, didn't tell you what they were, and then really encouraged fans to make up their own stuff. There would be no fan yeah. fiction subgenre without Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, and I I think, touching on you, uh, you saying, so this is your favorite Star Wars film, you'd say? It, hands down. Hands down. I'd say, it's, yes. I'd, I'd say it. I mean, it's way up there for me. I, I, I'm, I'd, I'd have to go with Empire myself. Dan, how about you? Uh, Jedi. <laughs> Jedi. Okay. Okay. Well, so I think what's interesting is when I was younger, I used to get really upset that critics would act like this was the one that was unquestionably the one that should go in the AFI greatest films of all time. This is uh, the only one that's really an art movie. And, and the last two or three times I've watched this movie, I've actually started to understand those people a little bit more and accept it because i will say one of my favorite things about this movie is that the first 15 minutes are about r2d2 and c3po mm -hmm. yeah. and mm -hmm. it's so slow and patient and and there are these beautiful shots of tunisia i believe is where they shot yep uh well, you know the planet of course is tatooine and these, these shots of these robots i mean it, it really makes you think of like the start of wally -E, you know where, where there's there's a, a a robot on this abandoned wasteland and i i love i even get a little of, curb your enthusiasm like i just hear that sure. theme song in the background when they're just walking <laughs> yeah, around uh, trounce yeah 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 bum, uh, yeah bum, absolutely bum, bum. Boop, 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 boop. yeah <laughs> I, I i love it I, and i and i think that that's really i love cool how bitchy that... 3po is i love everything about oh it. yes oh absolutely no, well, I, I think that what's so interesting is 
this movie sets up modern Hollywood blockbusters and mo- modern Hollywood tentpoles. And what's really interesting is Lucas was friends with with Coppola and 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 these like these artists and, and Spielberg were, and Spielberg and and it's so interesting to me that this film really does feel like a a new Hollywood art movie. It just happened to have the coolest character designs of any movie ever and ended up making the best toys of any movie ever. And it's so interesting because when you look at the modern blockbuster that's trying to be Star Wars, like trying so hard to be Star Wars, when was the last time you saw a Marvel movie or 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 any big movie where the main character of the movie doesn't show up until like 16 minutes? into the movie yeah. when was the last yeah. time you saw that i'm like i'm actually asking myself this question and i i can't think of it it's it's well, kind of it's even crazier because like, Han doesn't show up till 40 minutes in the movie like right yeah. right and that's uh, your Obi-Wan trilogy up like 30 minutes in exactly exactly you get the triumvirate kind of yeah 40 minutes in and it, it's such a patient movie that's one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. this movie is that it takes kind of like imagine if harry potter hadn't shown up in Sorcerer's Stone right. until like the ninth chapter. Like that that's crazy. But I'm gonna go ahead and say I kind of think that's the move that should be stolen. If people are writing yeah. sci-fi and genre action kind of pieces, I kind of want to know about that. I mean I think one of the best movies that's sort of in this genre of the last 10 years is is Mad Max Fury Road. And I actually see a lot of parallels in in those two movies not just because of the desert but because of like there's this real question about who the main character is and who the main evil is and again going back to this thing that i love is the way it just dumps you into it now you have to solve these problems on your own i yeah. I, I you guys like that movie too right i'm guessing like yes, oh, yeah oh 100 cool. percent whoa god <laughs> yes witness this yeah a hundred percent but i I think it's even crazier than what you say, Ben. Not only does Harry Potter, would, in that scenario, does Harry Potter not show up until the ninth chapter, but Ron, Hermione, and Harry aren't in the same room until 40 pages left of the book. No, like, you're, they you're right. aren't together right. until they're leaving the Death Star. It's, like, it, you're it's insane. Right. The, the one hour mark of this movie is the Millennium Falcon landing on the Death Star. Yes. The halfway point yes. of this movie which, I mean, wow. So, okay, while we're talking about it, I, I think maybe it's it's hard to not talk about the chemistry when you're talking about this movie. Because oh. Leia and Han and Luke in particular, that trio, but also Chewie and, and everybody, the chemistry of these characters is, for me, if I had to pick an ingredient that makes this movie, that's what it is. I mean, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, the three of them on screen together, they're incredible. It's they're absolutely electric and so much fun to watch. Absolutely so much fun. It's crazy to me that some studio executive in this era didn't just dish out an ungodly amount of money to just put the three of them in another movie. How did we never get the three of them in another movie that wasn't a Star Wars movie? Yeah, that's really I would point. agree. I, I think that's a great point. I would throw it to the whole cast. I mean, this is why this movie to me stands above most of cinema is there's not a person that you can take out like peter mayhew's in a in a bear costume and he's fantastic throughout the entire movie and his his you know charismatic relationship with han solo is incredible 
Ben and, and Luke are incredible. 3PO and uh, R2-D2. It's a dude in a gold outfit in the yeah, middle of I the totally desert agree. talking to a trash can with a little person inside of it. Like, like the acting, the, these yeah, things the should Baker not work. Anthony Daniels and Peter Mayhew, the acting that those guys do in these incredibly restrictive costumes is so powerful. I mean, I think I've already said this on this podcast, but Chewbacca is literally my favorite character in fiction. He, he's my, he's my mm-hmm. favorite character ever written. I love Chewbacca. I relate to Chewbacca. And the, the performance is so incredible, but it, you're absolutely right. That it's, about, it's about his relationship to Han, his bond with the other characters that makes him so lovable. Because I've probably already said this on the podcast, and it'll probably be a theme of a thing, but I, I, what I, I love about, in, in fiction, in, in writing, and in movies, I love when you learn more about a character based on the way other people see them than on how they perceive themselves. Han Solo sees himself as the coolest, hardest, spikiest, you know, most roguish badass ever. And look, he is in a lot of ways, but that's not why we love him. We love him because you can count on it. We love him because he comes back and we... We know that he's that kind of guy because of Chewbacca. We know that if someone like Chewbacca trusts Han so much and, and is willing to, you know, basically be his, you know, his shadow, his absolute sidekick, there's got to be more to Han than than we think. And that's that's what I absolutely love about the core of their friendship in particular. Yeah, I, I would also say in this movie especially, I like that Han is probably the darkest he is in any of the movies. Han... Han is a straight-up scoundrel in this movie, for the most part. Um, and for and for you kids who haven't been able to find a VHS or don't even know what it is, so you've never seen the actual movie, he murders Greedo, unprovoked, <laughs> right, just right. straight-up murders say, him. In this most recent Redux, they at least shoot at the same time. Still I, not, I, I, like, I still don't accept I, I'm with you. I I, I definitely I, I agree that his character would absolutely unquestionably shoot first, and it's it's fascinating how that has become this thing that other parts of Star Wars now, you know, so obviously in Solo, uh, Solo Story, The Mandalorian, it, it's it's really interesting. That is overplayed as this uh, Mando. That is overplayed as this notion of Han shot first is is that we keep coming back to it because of who Han is and how drawn we are to it. I, I mean, I, I do think it's it's a little bit of an example of what this movie is all in of of itself. You know, is that we're hooked on that still. We're obsessed with Han and who he is, what he stands for, who he is in this movie. Well, Dan, what, I, what? what I also thought was great was, and, and then I'll let Dan go, but, but as we were talking about the opening of the movie when the stormtroopers come in and they're just shooting randomly and just shooting at the ceiling. Did, oh, yeah. Did anyone else, especially this most recent time, immediately go to the Mandalorian, to Jason Sudeikis oh, sure. and... <laughs> And I and like Pally, it, yes, yeah. just shooting yeah. the can like instantly. Totally that's where that. my mind went. Now. So that's maybe that's an interesting thing to pivot to. Is is what's so interesting is what this movie has become in the context of everything else. So, like for example, you've got Rogue One, which this movie now truly feels like a sequel because of how directly Rogue oh. One feeds into it. And when I watch this movie now. I think about Rogue One a lot, yeah. not just a couple of times, not just because of the, you know, of the ventilator shaft. I, I think of Rogue One a lot while I'm mm-hmm. thinking about this movie. And 
I, I think that that's really interesting. I think that there are certain things that happened because of budget and time, like that moment where that stormtrooper hits his head on the door that's shutting and how the, you know, the stormtroopers are laughably terrible shots. It's so interesting to me that with time, people who loved this, who grew up on it and watched it so many times, instead of lampooning it, instead of truly making fun of it, there is a tone about Star Wars that allows you to laugh with it and then to spin off your own explanations as to what it is and why it happens. Does that make sense? Do you guys relate to that feeling? Yeah, it's just like a part of the cultural fabric. Um, it's inescapable. It's it's not just some random thing you kind of remember from when you were a kid. And, oh, remember that stupid movie? It's like this important part of, I think, who a lot of us are and uh, are our uh, identity with or maybe our relationship with pop culture almost right there's so many movies that i've seen that are that are bad and and dumb and also movies that are like almost good but that have really bizarre choices i yeah. I, I guess godzilla it's, it's so comes fast. to mind oh gosh the, like the, the first 99 one. godzilla or no the first or... no the 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 most recent one the one where you get brian oh. cranston and then kill him sure. off 15 minutes into the movie sure hmm. sure it's fair to say like what is that difference between star wars and that godzilla movie right you know but then like it's so interesting to me that something can be met with such love and such reverence and yet i like I, I'm, I'm gonna try to compare it to like fans of music when when bands get cheesy or bad their fans don't usually try to defend those records or those moments they tend to kind of just go like oh yeah that's the bad one but what's interesting about star wars is that well like like i absolutely there's nothing pop culturally even close to star wars in my heart i watched episode one and episode two and episode three pretty much at least once every single year in hopes that I will find new things about them that I liked that oh I didn't soul. like before. You poor soul. I know, You're going to be I, searching forever. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in an unhealthy marriage with these no. films. I, like, no. I, I keep searching for it, and I'll never find it necessarily. But, for example, the last time I watched episode two, which is definitely my least favorite, there was this moment I noticed where... Natalie Portman, when Anakin gives, it's the horrible sand. You know, I, I don't like sand. It gets everywhere. She gives him this look. And I think it's a truly great acting moment from Natalie Portman. And the look in her eyes says, oh, no, I'm going to sleep with you, aren't I? And <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. And what it does is it helps you sort of understand. You're like, why would she be with him? And the answer is she doesn't even know. There's something about him that she can't fight. Maybe she doesn't even like, but she's gonna she is gonna ultimately fall for this guy. And so that's my relationship to <laughs> to Star Wars. What's great about A New Hope is that I don't have to do that at all. All I do is every time I watch A New Hope, I find a new thing that I love that I didn't know that I loved before. You know, I, I love the the trash compactor scene. It's like one of my favorite oh. moments in all of cinema. So good. Everything looks so gross. I think about Peter Mayhew in that Chewbacca costume. Oh, just I can't so, even imagine. Like, can you imagine what these poor no. actors, like with their feet and like like their their skin was like days after shooting this? But so good. And then the comedy. Like, oh, truly, I love like, them in the control room. 
in the control. Oh, is everything the okay there? Yeah, we're fine. Oh, How are you? Like, just, oh, 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 when so Han, good. yes, so good. So, yeah, everything's okay here. So How are you? That's one of my favorite parts of the oh, entire movie. Just shoots the console. Boring conversation oh, anyway. Yeah, boring conversation <laughs> anyway. Yes, I, I think if I had to pick like a favorite chunk of the movie, it's the Leia rescue Absolutely. chunk where they're locating her, finding her. And then, of course, jailbreaking her a little short for a stormtrooper, aren't you? You know, there, yeah. there's just zinger, 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 zinger. And I love their chemistry so much. And it, it, watching them go on this journey together and, and just knowing as you're watching it, you're like, these people are are bonded. now. They're they're not going to be the same. These characters, I will now follow these characters till, to the ends of the earth because this adventure they're going on right now. There's a moment in, in Harry Potter where maybe about. 10 or so chapters into Sorcerer's Stone with the troll in the bathroom. And you yep. know, from that moment on, you know that Harry and Ron and Hermione will always be together. This escape scene, the way it bonds them. And, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, it's so effective. And again, I want to talk about this movie and not all of Star Wars, but it's so effective that it's sort of why the sequel trilogy probably never ultimately lived up to its fullest potential. Because it's trying, it's trying to create a new Leia Death Star prison escape while still carrying the weight of the first one on its back. And yeah. oh, it's and I. You know my opinion of that movie. It's it's a New Hope, basically sure. cut and pasted. Like it's a Mad Lib Star Wars for a New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's well done and produced. But it's well, it's right. essentially yeah. that. I mean, on his been. In your, it's just it's the exact same thing right obi-wan's death by the way is still heartbreaking it's still mm -hmm. heartbreaking Obi-Wan's death is awesome and still Beautiful. super holds up so yeah I, I think that when he it's so clear when i was younger i maybe didn't understand the degree to which he's just succumbing to it mm -hmm. but he absolutely just embraces death and then the fact that his body vanishes yep. is still somehow stunning it still somehow makes me gas i love the little smile the, and then the closing of the yeah. eyes is just oh, perfect and I, I love what it says about magic in this world and and the force part of what's really fun about a new hope specifically are the little glimpses we get at magic the little mm -hmm. glimpses mm -hmm. we get at at what the force is the jedi mind trick yeah oh my gosh well when he uh when obi-wan has to stay scare away the tuscan raiders with the the crazy yeah. dragon yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. so awesome and cool and weird i i mean that that's i think one of my favorite things about this movie is definitely what the force is in this movie and how excited it makes you to learn more about the force very effective i also love how reverent Darth Vader is in this. I, I, you know, they, he, he ends up with these military bureaucrat types who are, you know, I'm not trying to like turn this into some weird, like philosophical thing, but like that are atheists, you know, that like, that really don't believe in the force at all in any way. And his reverence, Anakin Skywalker's reverence for the force as they doubt it is really interesting. And I, I think it's a really cool character device for Darth Vader. It's, it's, great choice yeah totally i i love that you have grand moff tarkin there to play off yes. of that because while everyone in that room is essentially to use your words an atheist they're all scared shitless of vader <laughs> all of them the guy who gets yes. choked the guy who just the guys who just watch that dude get choked yes. everyone knows grand moff tarkin has no time for vader's crap 
That's one of my favorite parts about him, is he's so high up in the Empire that he has no magic powers. He has nothing. I don't think he lifts a gun in the whole movie. I honestly can think of maybe two times where he moves his hands from his back to his front. Mm -hmm. He literally is so passive in the movie, and yet is the one person that that keeps Vader in check, and he's bored doing it too. Like, come yeah. on, Vader, stop and, choking you these know, dudes! You're choking all my. Well, time. you know, Peter Cushing was wearing slippers right. during the filming of the movie. Yeah. He couldn't be bothered to put on boots. They just I'll shot him waist up. Yeah. That is <laughs> That's amazing. how casual that character is. I'll be is. fine in your little space movie. That's <laughs> what he would also, call it. What an incredible actor! I mean, like oh, yeah. Peter Cushing. This is Peter Cushing phoning it in. You know? Yes. Wow. It's it's weird how <laughs> yes. Star Wars is all like classic British actors, and then like nobody's like Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing and right. then <laughs> yes. Mark, Mark who? I wish I could have been there. Yeah. And I wish I could have been in Mark Campbell's apartment. Yeah, yeah. Mark Campbell's apartment when someone's like, Hey, did you hear Alec Guinness is going to be in this movie? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Right. right. No, Rachel, no, remember Kawhi? Yes. No. no, I agree. I think another thing that we just absolutely have to talk about when we're talking about the best parts is the last 25, 30 minutes of this, the assault on the Death Star. I oh, mean, so good. The Death Star trench run and all of it is so incredible. I love that the the movie breathes for a little bit that we escape. We go back to Yavin 4. We go to the base. And the way it builds the tension, this this fact that they know where the Rebels are, it, the stakes are so clear and high. It's like either somehow the Rebels are going to pull off this absolute miracle and take out the Death Star or the Empire. Literally going everyone's to, going to die. Literally, literally everyone is going to die. Yeah. And it's one of those things where... It's so obvious that it's crazy that fiction hadn't done it before. And I'm sure someone can point to some niche pulp serial that, but this was, as far as mainstream pop culture goes, this is the first time this device had been used. And it's so effective and compelling and incredible. And I mean, the special effects are so amazing. Obviously, John Williams' score just absolutely rules. Ben Burt's sound design on on this whole incredible is amazing, absolutely incredible. Tie fighter and, engines are maybe my favorite sound effect uh, ever. I mean, like, that's just see, the that's, best. Ben Burt for me is one of the five or six. Like if we were to do like like Mount Mouse more, but just for Star Wars, sure, I would give Ben Burt one of the head. The sound of Star Wars that he used a scuba mask thing to make Darth Vader's. Mm -hmm. And just like everything about Star Wars, the way is there is there a cooler sound than lightsabers in the whole no. world? In the, in no. the whole like I, you know, like I've heard my own children's laughter, and I think lightsabers are way cooler. You know, like yeah. I I I think because they're multifaceted too. It's a multifaceted noise. There's yes. the there's well, the sheathing of it, which is incredible. There's the noise it makes when you're waving it around, and then the contact noises are fantastic. Yes. It's just multifaceted. It's so incredible. I, and there, there are documentaries like there's on on Disney Plus. Actually, I would recommend uh, if you're looking for a way to celebrate May the Fourth. I believe it's called Empire of Dreams, and it's it's a really great documentary about the original trilogy. And anytime you can look up what Ben Burt did to make the sound design of this movie, even if that's not a thing you ever thought you'd be interested in, if you like Star Wars, you owe it to yourself to check it out because you you take for granted how real he made this world feel through sound through through what it does to your ears but i just i love the trench run i love luke finally really getting his true moment you know he has a couple moments on the death star where he's a hero like when he's you know he and leia swing on the grappling hook and all that jazz but luke 
getting to take the shot is really such a great ending to his arc in this movie because it's it's when he finally gets a chance to be the hero himself. And when when Han comes back, I always know it's going to happen. But for me, I, I've said this on the podcast multiple times. I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm a, I'm a loyalty guy. I'm a I'm and and when when Han and Chewie show up in the Millennium Falcon, even though they shouldn't, even though they're probably going to die, to to make the shot so that Luke can take the shot. It gets me every time, and it, it doesn't make me like cry, but it it feels like a hug. It feels like a hug. I I, I feel warm and comfortable and happy. And that moment is you're so Luke good. in that scene. You have that every that yes, breath, that release, that just mm, like we did it. Sean, that's such a smart way to say it. Is that like I think we all want to be a bunch of the characters in this movie and sure. in all of Star Wars, but we all agree that we all wish Han and Chewie were our <laughs> friends. Like every yeah. single person who's ever liked Star Wars at their core wishes that Han and Chewie were their friends. And in that moment, it is better than any VR game, any simulation, any role-playing game you could ever play. Han and Chewie are your friends and they just saved you. And it feels so good. And it's what it's what movies are for. It, it like yes. it for me personally anyway. That's what movies are for is to make your heart feel like that. Uh, actually I'm getting kind of choked up thinking about it so much. But it 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 makes life worth living. If that like moments like that Oh, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And 100%. then the explosion. Great. Oh. And then a great shot, kid. One in a million. I mean, just the fallout of all that is so great. And then the movie is just over. I think one of my favorite things about this movie. No is medal for Chewbacca. Start, well, we'll get there, buddy. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, one of my favorite things about this movie is that when it ends, it just ends. Like, I wish more movies had the courage to be like, well, they did the thing. It's over. So, like, I'm a big fan of the James Bond franchise. There are a lot of Bond films where Bond, like, does the thing, kills the bad guy, gets the task, and then there's, like, 11 more he, minutes. He has movie. to have sex in a <laughs> boat before like, the movie can end. Yeah, it ends, it ends with <laughs> pussy. It has to end I, with pussy. It's contractually ob yeah. obligated. Ian Fleming <laughs> was like, he's got to get boned. At the end of the, he's got to get some. And I thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh, uh, so good. That's, uh, <laughs> One of my favorite oh, lines of all time. Is that, uh, World is not enough. World yeah. is not enough. I world is not enough. Yeah. This world, about, world is not enough. It's so oh, good. Man. I believe that's Denise Richards. Is it Denise Richards? Playing, yes, playing a, correct. playing that's a correct. nuclear physicist. Oh. Uh, Christmas Jones? Dr. Christmas. Christmas Jones? Dr. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Dr. Christmas. Oh, my God. Oh. So now I'd like to kind of move on to like the different categories. I'm sure we can keep talking about like some of our favorite parts before we do that. Is there like a favorite part, favorite moment, a favorite scene that we haven't talked about yet that you just would be like, you, that you, you have to get it out of your system before we start talking about the specific category. My, my favorite is actually two parts, but it basically segues right into each other is inside the Jawas moving trapezoid. The sand crawler. Yes, yes, where you just see all the different droids, and again, no I explanation given, nothing, and then Mos Eisley, which I think and is the perfect. Iowa. Yes, yeah, I think Mos Eisley is the perfect encapsulation of what makes Star Wars great. In the oh, like movie, when that giant when the giant brontosaurus thing almost steps on. Well, uh, then, that was an no, that was an no, addition. No. We'll, That's what we'll makes Star to, Wars great. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> I will talk about that in a second. But no, when you get in the cantina, just a the cantina. I agree. I agree. Like, and how many of those characters in the movie they have names now? Because again, Star Wars fans 
just birthed fan fiction and named everybody. But I mean, how many of those people are named? And yet, it's just interesting character, interesting like, character, interesting character. Do you mean you mean like Figurin Dan and the and the modal nodes? Yes, the, the they, that name is not said I, I think, in the movie. I think that's I, Panda I know Baba's name is not said in the movie. Right. I know like, it's the modal node. I feel like I'm going to get raped. Yes. They're also the jazz whalers. Be. Thanks for that, George. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Jizz. It's kind of yeah. like jazz. A little different. Hey, man. A little bit. My buddy Dan here is going to spray you guys <laughs> with some jizz. Uh, but yeah, I just love node. that. I love that scene. I, I love how just, it's like the, the uh, not to bring up other movies, but it's like the bounty hunters gathering in yeah. Empire. It's just like, who yeah. the hell are these people? And then they're gone. And you're like, well, what, what happened? Those guys look so cool. Like, that's why Star Wars is so great, is your imagination just runs wild throughout the entire yeah. movie. You're right. We would have been wrong to not bring up the cantina in particular. It's one of the best parts. It's so cool. It's so good. Uh, I don't and like they're you. And they droids for some reason. <laughs> oh, oh sorry. yeah. I don't like you either. I don't like you something either. I never <laughs> so noticed. Good. I'm one well, of on 12 like, Something I never noticed in the cantina that I caught today was Luke, like, grabs the bartender by the back of his shirt to, like, get his attention. And I was like, Luke, it's Luke aggressive. deserves to die. He yeah. should be shot dead right now for grabbing at this guy's shirt yeah. like that. How rude is that? Also, <laughs> it, it, one well, of I mean, that bartender was like, get out of here, robot, <laughs> There's for just no a, reason. Yes, right. Oh, race, very racist against droids. There's just a giant praying mantis. Like, I'm sure that that's an alien species, and I, I'm showing my less than masterful knowledge. But, like, go back and watch. It's just a giant praying man. Like they might, they might as well have just got it from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Like I know that's not how time works. Like <laughs> it's it, an like, ant and a scorpion pin. How dare yeah, didn't no, they? You're right. You're right you're didn't right. they just grab well, a bunch of costumes ant? from like the soundstage there? Like it's a bunch of like Doctor Who monsters and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, one of oh, the yeah. aliens oh, I yeah. noticed. Um, we we haven't mentioned this yet, but what I did today is I watched the Disney Plus version on a good TV. And I watched mm -hmm. the theatrical cut DVD because you could get those very briefly. And I have them. I watched that on a CRT TV oh. and I synced them oh, up. Oh, I'm so and, um, jealous. It's they switch out one of the aliens. There's this cool werewolf dude in the original the in the original theatrical cut, which like you guys have been saying, I'm sure there's there's a name for it in some RPG I handbook somewhere. Him. But they swapped him he, out with some alien, well, some I bug looking dude. Can I tell you why I think they do that? He's a Bothan, but then Bothans end up looking different. Like he's a wolf man thing, but like Bothans are. Kind but they of never wolf call him a Bothan, Bothan he, in the movie. <laughs> You're probably right. But I think yeah. that's why. I might yeah. be I might be wrong, but I think that's why. Yeah, that's Luke so also made out with his sister in this movie. <laughs> oh. They weren't thinking about the sequels, people. <laughs> right. Well, that that's a whole interesting. You know, like. George Lucas claims that he named him Darth Vader because Vader is father in, uh, in German. German. Yep. But he was also thinking about naming him stuff like, like I might have this wrong. It was like uh, Darth <laughs> John or something like that. Like he, he had, what? there were a bunch of names. Yes. Let me pull this up. Well, it was also a part while you're looking what, what Obi-Wan calls him Darth. Like that's his first name instead of like a title. I, that always kind of stuck with me. I was like, did yes. have they not decided yet? Yeah. And that's that, that I, I've never has Lucas ever given a really straight answer as to whether or not he knew what he was doing at this point. I'm, I'm not no, sure. Yes. Yes. And the answer he is no. He has he had no idea. Like he he can they can say that he did. He didn't watch Obi-Wan the first time he sees R2D2 after he scares off the Tusken Raiders. 
He has no idea who that mm. droid is. He's like, give me your little fellow. What's going on, buddy? Like, he has no idea. He has never seen well, that I'm posi- droid before. I'm positive. And why can't that, like, you fly? The, like, Anakin creating 3PO and stuff like that was much later on. I'm mostly just, I'm wondering yes. about the, oh. at the, in 1977, did George Lucas know that Anakin was Darth Vader or did that come later? I've never really gotten a straight answer on that. I've never looked very hard. But. Well, I I don't think he knew that Vader was. Are you saying like did he know that? Yeah, like when that Vader movie was came out, father? was basically was Ben lying or what? It seems pretty strongly suggested. There's okay, so he wants to you know of course make himself seem as <laughs> sure. brilliant as possible as as we all would. Yes. If you use some common sense and look at things he's said, it seems pretty clear that he did not plan to have Luke and Leia be brother and sister, and he did not plan to have vader be luke's father and from multiple reports was furious and from multiple reports was furious at loris kasdan for that for george lucas does not like the empire strikes back he thinks it's too dark he thinks he doesn't like a lot of the choices that kasdan made like yeah i this that's why everyone thinks like oh i can't believe he just started with episode four no, he had no idea they were going to make another one. Like, that's the part about Star Wars everyone forgets. No one knew that this was what it was going to be. Like, my dad talked about seeing the trailers and people laughing because they had nothing had ever been made like this before. Like, maybe well, Superman the movie, but even then, that's child's play compared to this. And when they were making the movie, the actors kind of all thought it was a joke. Just I mean, knock yeah, off Flash like, Gordon. Maybe this is time to start kind of transition into the categories dan do you have any other favorite parts you want to talk about before we go to the um i mean like luke at the sunset on tatooine that's that's my absolute favorite moment in oh, all of oh star wars you're right How it's not so, so much good. a part of the movie as it is like a single shot but you know so and then uh yeah the i mean just like you guys are saying the the death star escape is so great that like even as many times as I've seen this movie and even today, my brain tricks itself into thinking that's the climax. And then like as they're taking off right after right after Obi-Wan has died, I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we still have to blow up the Death Star. That hasn't even happened yet. But that's how good the, the whole Death Star escape is. I that, like, agree. In, in my brain, I've seen this movie a hundred thousand times. I'm still like, this is the climax, right? Like and then I have to. Oh, wait, no, it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. And if it were an 86 right, 90 yeah. minute movie, it would be, right? No, that's that's an excellent point. Um, okay, well, so let's move on then to the categories because I think we're, we're kind of like knocking on the door of this. So we need to just, let's just jump into it. So let's start off with the zippity doodah moment. It happened on one of them zippity doodah days. Or in this case, kind of just, I think there's a theme of zippity doodah, which is, so this is what's aged the worst. And I think what's aged the worst is that Lucas didn't know how huge this was going to be. What's exactly. The only thing that has actually aged poorly about this masterpiece is that it ends up becoming what? 12, 13 movies, a two or th- what? Three TV series. So many books that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they had to decanonize most of them. I mean, like <laughs> the, the thing that hasn't aged well is that Lucas didn't know what a stone cold hit he had. When, yes. So this is a, this is a true story. Opening weekend, Lucas and Spielberg went to Hawaii so that Lucas could run away from the bad reviews. That's a yeah. true story. Do right? you know what they do you know what they came up with while making a sandcastle on the beach while they were in Hawaii? Indiana Jones. 
exactly. Yes, <laughs> so they thank did. Thank goodness that George Lucas thought the movie was going to be bad. Thank but you, so this, Lord. This is the sort of stuff that is like, okay, so here's a moment that's aged really poorly. Carrie Fisher thought that Peter Cushing's accent was fascinating. So she just randomly makes Leia British in the scenes yes. with Peter Cushing. <laughs> yes. And that's that would so just weird. never happen it's in a modern so movie. Weird. But like, she just randomly is so British out of nowhere. And then when she's around Han and Luke, she's not British at all. And what's so crazy about Star Wars is that they're in canon. There are novels now where like you get in Leia's head and Leia, she decides that the way she's going to mess with Tarkin is by faking his accent to mock him. So there are like in canon, in universe reasons for these bizarre incontinuities in the film. I just think it's fascinating. So that's for me, what's aged the worst about this film is just that George didn't know what a total stone cold smash hit he had. And it has weird little ripple effects. I think, um, yeah. Also, oh no, I was going to, I was just going to say, as, as far as things not holding up, I think Star Wars kind of has an interesting it's sort of an interesting how do i put this because it's been updated two or three times quote-unquote fixed it's like terminator 2 has some cgi that's a perfect movie as far as i'm concerned but it has like some cgi stuff that 20 years later you're like this doesn't look so great but they've quote-unquote fixed star wars a couple times there's like three (laughs) moments in that whole movie though. but so there's there's like it's like the effects from 1977 are barely even in the movie as you can watch it on Disney plus. So I, th- I think as someone who just watched the theatrical cut today, I might have kind of an, uh, unique take on this almost where yeah, like they change some of the shots of ships taking off. And of course they add in a lot of alien stuff to like Tatooine, um, that you can argue whether or not it holds up or if it was necessary in the first place. But like, if the if the spaceships looked like they did in 1977, yeah, yeah. I think we would be saying, oh, that doesn't hold up. But they changed it 20 years later, and it looks a little bit better. Oh. Um, like it's, you know, instead of a model taking off in the distance, it's sure. like a computer-generated image of a spaceship or whatever. Yeah, that's a really, most movies a really with special thing. effects from the 70s or the 80s or whenever, you, you can't really say that. You would say, oh, these effects from 1977 don't hold up. But that doesn't really apply to Star Wars because you might say these effects from 1997 don't hold up, but um, it's still like it's been updated from the original movie. So it's it's kind of an interesting. I thought it was such a fascinating point that I've never thought of before. I love that. Thank you, Dan, because that's like that is so. So like a lot of the time when we try to go back and watch something from our childhood, if if we've truly gone 10, 15, 20 years without seeing it's crazy how much it's aged. We almost yeah. won't let Star Wars. Or at least George Lucas won't. Like and, and well, or at least, yeah, right. Well, and, and how much yeah. you want to bet Disney's not going to now? Yeah. Oh, I mean, of course. That's, it's a billion. They spent $13 million wow. to buy it. Like, that's a great point. Now, while you touched on it, the, the Moss Eisley stuff that got added for the yeah. special edition stuff. I, oh, I don't hate the, I don't the, hate the, the, the Java scene mm-hmm. is nails on a chalkboard. It's nails it also, on a chalkboard. It is that scene horrible. literally interrupts a shot of of Luke and Ben. I never ca- caught that before, but watching them side by side today, Luke and Ben are walking down an alley after selling the land speeder, and then one of my TVs cuts to Jabba, and the other one keeps going, and I'm like, "What's whoa? Hang on, hang on." And I reminded myself, "Oh, they added the scene Weird. in." So I pause, 
I pause my DVD with the original cut, right. let the Java scene play out, and then it goes back to where my DVD is. Like they literally interrupted this shot for this stupid Java scene. Weird for a terrible yeah, scene. And I, it's not as bad I as like, the Bollywood I, scene. That's the worst moment in all of Star Wars. It's so. I bad. think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and man, oh man, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna save this for the actual Return of the Jedi episode. I think that as a writer, I like the instinct to include the Java scene. The execution's the problem big time. And then I just I hate all of the like. Doesn't some animal like fart in another animal's face or something like that? There's like, like a droid flying yes, around, and one other droid like wangs it on the head or something. Yeah, it's all stupid cartoon stuff. That hasn't aged well at all. That's that's awful. Like I don't even think little kids actually. I remember being like I think wasn't it ninety seven yeah year anniversary yeah. wasn't it nineteen ninety seven yeah. So I mean I was pretty little when that came. I was out, twelve. I remember I remember not liking that part. I like I remember being like, what's this? What? Uh, so weird. Yeah, my dad and, and I, I stood like, up and screamed Pawn Shop first. We were not happy. <laughs> well, because right, because in that Greedo shoots and then they like digitally shift on Shadow from that two feet away or something. It's like it's really weird yeah. looking. Yes. Yeah. So I would say the lightsaber battle has not aged yeah. super well. Like 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 no. now that we've seen what lightsaber combat becomes, there should be at least a little bit of yes. Obi Wan and Anakin truly duking it out. And in fact, if there was going to be something that they like go back, if Disney ever does like a special edition and I don't really want them to, I'm not, I, nope. I hope I'm not wishing this into the universe. That would be like the one thing I'd be curious to see. Could you somehow with, with effects, just make that seem a little bit more high stakes. The, the battle yeah. itself has an issue. So now I'm going to move on to this next section. Well, is, oh, hey. oh, sorry. Okay. Something else that has an age. Well, I had, I had kind of more of an existential it, thing. No, okay, no, no. I then have that's an existential the thing that hasn't. Oh, has an age. Oh, okay. Well, um, sure, sure. Which is, and this is not to us or, or maybe even anyone listening, but I don't know if Star Wars fan culture mm. has particularly aged well. And the reason that I would say that is, sure. is the way, what you were saying, Ben, earlier about, you know, if you love a band and they put out crappy stuff, you're able to eventually say, you know, this is crappy stuff. But that's not entirely what happened with Star Wars. What happened with Star Wars is, George Lucas put out his Bohemian Rhapsody. Everyone said, this is a masterpiece. This is amazing. And then he went, well, that's not what it's supposed to be. This is what it's supposed to be. And in my opinion, made it worse. <laughs> like those, sure. that and then, and then scene, added like a bunch of auto-tuner. Yeah. And is, uh, <laughs> yeah. And trap beats. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> not good. Which, which, which made Star Wars fans incredibly possessive of this thing. Sure. This thing that in, more ways than maybe anything in pop culture history has defined billions, I would say, of childhood dreams. It it is when you're a child, Star Wars is everything. And and oh, they yeah. and they became I mean, so ardently protective of this thing that he kept changing that now it's well, that's not Star Wars. This is supposed to be what Star Wars is. That's not Star Wars. We can't have an Asian woman be a main character in Star Wars. That's not Star Wars. Like, I, I think and they you're forget right. how different the movies in the original trilogy were. If Empire Strikes Back came out today, people would hate that movie. Oh yeah, because they no, no, because they I, completely I, wipe away Episode Four. Right? No, no, you're you're totally right. I and I, I think I consider myself to be. Like I'm almost more of like a Star Wars like cheerleader than I am a fan. I like mm -hmm. like at this point because like I'm like the awful guy who I like all all three of the sequel movies. Like I know that's the worst opinion to have. I like all three of them. I love them. 
I think you're right. Because I, I find myself in this weird intersection of like the really toxic fans and i don't know i don't i i don't ever want to say what you will at least the last jedi was interesting like at least it was different yeah as opposed to this last movie which is just i don't even want to get into it but it's just it's that was fans clamoring of we need we need star wars we need star wars so you sacrifice plot and character development which is what makes star wars star wars to fan service, to have Ray get together with Kylo at the end, and all this crap that makes no sense thematically. And if you, you have I, a problem with that, that's your fault, fan. Yeah, I still think if we're picking the thing that's aged the worst, I still think it's just George not recognizing how big it is. But number two, very well, might be the fan mm-hmm. base as a whole. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, Sadness's Buzzkill question. Joy, you could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. So this is what what sadness from the movie Inside Out would have to say about this movie. What are the plot holes? What doesn't check out? I'm going to start with, I think, old Ben, Ben Kenobi. That's never really worked. Like, uh, that that wizard's just a crazy old man. That is asking me as an adult to suspend a huge part of my brain that just doesn't make Mm. sense or work. And if I'm being nitpicky, it just does doesn't check out or hold up or make any logical. No, I agree. Sense. Am I wrong? No, because he's not even weird or kooky when he shows up. He's very like, <laughs> oh, hello, Luke. I'm Ben. It's, oh, it's yes, like he's the, used to be right. me. And he's the old man in the neighborhood where the kids are afraid to go get the ball out no, of his man. yard because he'll kill them. But like, no, it's he's just some old man. He's not going to hurt you. <laughs> he's James Earl Jones. Except, in the except who like, I, was, I was going to say who, who ironically is Darth Vader in the sandlot. <laughs> yes. No, you're right, Dan. But yeah, I also think that kind of ties yeah. into like what I was saying earlier about how the idea of the Jedi as this mysterious old religion of space wizards is more interesting than the military that we got in the prequels. And I agree with you that the, the Ben Kenobi is a kooky old man. Doesn't really hold up. I agree with that, but it also, I don't know. I feel like it's in the same ballpark where like if the Jedi were this mysterious old religion of space wizards, maybe Ben Kenobi is kind of a kooky old man, but also when you see people using the force, it's like, well, obviously it's real, but uh. right. And even more specifically, part of what I'm saying is, do you think, I don't know, and maybe this is like supposed to be within the logic of the film. Linguistically, Obi-Wan mm-hmm. doesn't sound that much like Ben, but apparently Ben is a nickname for Obi-Wan, except for Kylo Ren's name is Ben. Like, that has always, as it is been, weird, been weird to me. And then, then like, his name is Kenobi. Like, we know who name? he is. I don't know. I like. I don't want to stay on it too much longer, well, but that has always been a weird How about this, though? What if, what if Uncle Owen is exaggerating because he wants to keep Luke away from Ben? Well, he's a, he's a crazy old man. Don't go anywhere near him. I think that... When really, it's just like... Oh, I actually think... That's, that's a great point. I never thought of yeah. that. I think, I think that's totally happening. I, I think that's the best act. And I think whenever we do finally get the Obi-Wan Kenobi series uh, in 2029, <laughs> 20, I, I do think that that will be addressed. I, and I hope it is. But I, I'm with you. Any other nitpicks? Are there any other like just like specific things that don't white hold up? I guess like also like Vader kills people with the force, and it's weird that like he, he doesn't works with basically he does not atheist. kill anyone in this movie with the he force. Doesn't? He only chokes that guy out, and he lives afterward. He stops. Okay, okay, Peter okay, okay, goes, hey, 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 cool out. Fair. I shouldn't say kills, but like 
That's he true. does choke people with the force. Yes. And they're still like <laughs> totally atheist. Like it'd be yes. different if they were like force agnostics. Like I do believe that you can choke people with the force. I just don't believe that choking people with the force is the Messiah. But like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean like yes. I, that's that's maybe my bigger problem is like weird that anybody could be around Darth Vader. I'm specifically talking about his inner circle. Weird that anybody could doubt that. A- any other bud, uh, buzzkill questions? Nick, well, Nick? I mean, the the biggest one, they literally had to make a movie about it to to sure. take sure. it away, yeah. which is why is there a, a control-alt-delete <laughs> button on this giant space station? Right. <laughs> but kind of cool that yeah. that no longer counts, right? Yes. Like, like, yes. Maybe some of the best fan service in the history of fiction that that no longer counts as a nitpick. Like that's that's awesome. I, yeah, I, that, it's I really love great. One. Absolutely. Um, one. to me, like I might have mentioned it, but but to me, the the Leia becoming Luke's sister just doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's no point for it. It just it really. If you were gonna do it, you needed to have some form of hindsight because that kiss is creepy. It is creepy. And the way he holds her when he yes. stands on the, the grappling hook and, and all that. Yeah, I'm with you. In, any other nitpick questions? I mean, not really. <laughs> I love this movie. Uh, the next category is the Mr. Potato Head Award. Hey, Ham, look, I'm Picasso. Hey, I don't get it. You uncultured swan. So this is for the character who did the most with the least amount of screen time, fewest lines, etc. You guys are you know I'm biased. I'm gonna pick this guy in any Star Wars movie in which he appears. It's Chewbacca. Are you kidding me? Chewbacca <laughs> absolutely rules. He's not in the entire first 40 minutes of the movie. When he let the Wookiee win, I mean, like I know best quotes is ahead, but that whole that the the weird floaty, you know, hologram chest scene, him putting his hands behind his head, how sad he seems when they're in the trash compactor, where he's like I'm going to die like this? How I'm going to die? Are you kidding me? Like, I just think that Chewbacca does so much with so little in this movie. Peter Mayhew, his performance was incredible. So I I, I got to go with Chewbacca. Like I said, I'm, I'm biased. I'm trying. I'll, I'll never hide that. But it's Chewbacca. Darth Vader only mind. has eight minutes of screen time in this movie. Eight. Because I was watching it and I was like, I was like, all these Moss Eisley Cantina aliens, like they don't do a lot, but they really set the scene. And then my wife texted me a Reddit article or post that was like, uh, the alien and aliens is only on screen for four minutes. Darth Vader is only on screen for eight minutes. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Eight minutes. And then I was like, arguably the greatest villain in cinema history is on screen for eight minutes in his first movie. That's an all time top Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. Oh my god. Hannibal Hannibal Lecter uh, is, is in the is in Silence of the Lambs wow. for seventeen minutes. For seventeen minutes. Yes. So like he's so Dan totally stole mine. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. It's Darth Vader. Oh he my shows gosh. up. He force chokes a couple dudes. He yells at a bunch of people to find some plans. All and right, then fine. and then gets shot Chewbacca, by Han at the end. <laughs> Chewbacca wins an Empire. Okay. You can't change my mind about that. When he picks up C3PO's body, he wins Mr. Potato Head. But all right, you're right. Mr. But congratulations, Darth Vader. You are Mr. Potato Head. Yes. Good, I would good Lord. I would throw wow. in an honorable mention mm. to Peter Cushing because everyone <laughs> else had shoes. Absolutely. Everyone else had shoes. <laughs> yeah, his shoes were in Mrs. Potato Head. Uh <laughs> all right. So the next is the Stan Lee Award for Best Cameo. This doesn't have to actually necessarily be a famous person. It's just like, who has the best cameo? I mean, I, I'm going to go with, I actually, I probably should know the character's name as much as I 
worship Star Wars, but my mm-hmm. friend doesn't like you. I don't like you either. You know, one of those Dog guys is Fonda Baba, guy. isn't it? I, I love how we all know the Fonda names, Baba. but we're right, not sure is... which is which. Yeah, it's, no, no, no. it's, it's Ponda, whichever one that is. <laughs> well, yeah, or is Fonda Baba the one who gets his hand? I'm I think Fonda Baba is the, the walrus looking one. I think you're right. So they'll share it. Oh, you know what? We haven't even oh, talked yeah. about. Yeah. No, no, no. It's Greedo. It's Greedo. Yes. Oh, hands out. We haven't even talked about Greedo, hands but down. it's Greedo. Greedo. His weird that language. Scene is incredible. So good. Yeah. The Ro- the Rodian. Have you ever seen the shots of the actress who played Greedo? Greedo yeah. I'm sorry, Greedo from the waist down, where you can see her in high heels. <laughs> Hello, oh. nurse. Yes, so we agree. That's the best cameo. The- <laughs> Glad you got an Animaniacs reference in there. All right, this is a fun one for this one. The Boba Fett Award for coolest toy. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. Right. It's just Vader. Since since Boba yeah. Fett's not in, I this guess one, I had more of a, a high level thought on this category. I, I Darth, yeah, so, toy lightsaber light for thing. sure. Um, oh, I had in my head. Light I was saber. thinking, right. what's the coolest toy you could make out out of this movie? And I'm picturing like a like a three foot high hinged opening Death Star playset. Like, I'm sure they had ones that were like the size of a basketball, but I'm seeing yeah. one that like... <laughs> it was called the Technodrome. Like, but like one it like, it's like, I'm serious, like three <laughs> feet high, opens on a hinge, little areas for each set piece. That would be like my dream toy from this movie. Comes with like, you know, each character as a figure, that kind of thing. Yeah. But really, I think the correct answer is, is Toy Lightsaber. Or That's an all-timer. Yeah. Yeah. It's Lightsaber. It's Lightsaber. Yeah, you're right. Well, and it's it's a funny category for this one since it created right, a whole right. Like, we a whole we genre we have toys, these toys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. So lightsabers are so cool. So I mean, I I'm doing a weird thing with my with my girls where like I don't want them to think I'm the weird dad mm-hmm. who made them like the stuff he likes. Sure. But I am introducing the stuff I like to them, hoping they like it. Oh yeah. And you know what I mean. And, and I try really hard to not put pressure on it. And I know they're going to like some of the stuff I like, not like some of the stuff I like. But my, my daughter, Iris, who's four, when I first showed her Star Wars, the lightsaber was one of the very first things she gravitated towards. And I watched her pick up a hairbrush <laughs> and start going wonk, wonk, wonk. And, and I mean, it, like, there's something timelessly cool about it. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's, you're right. That's the, the best toy. No question. All right, so this that's, one's fun. That's really awesome, man. It actually makes like I think right? that's why we feel this way about movies. That's what that's what my dad did with me. Like I saw yeah. Die Hard when I was six. Like, <laughs> like I saw Ghostbusters when I was four because I was because I loved the cartoon. And my dad was like, "You like that? There's a movie." Like, like did my your dad, dad fast forward <laughs> through the glo- the ghost blowjob because my parents did. No. No, my dad oh, did not. Oh, you got my you dad got did not. no. My <laughs> mom was also not home when I watched that movie. <laughs> sure, no, sure, my dad, so. my dad didn't, my oh dad did my not God. do that. Like, That's and amazing. I didn't, and I was four. I didn't know what it, I was like, oh, look at the no, weird no, no. face he's right. making. Right. That's when my parents fast forwarded it and all it did was call attention to it. I would never yeah. would have guessed. Like, yeah. Okay. So this next one's fun, especially because I know you guys both are Disney park fans. So if we were hired by the Imagineers to design a theme park attraction based on this movie, what would it be? Which park would it be in? Etc. Something I've wanted to say my whole life. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Can I go with you? Yeah, you everybody. So obviously there are some Star Wars uh, attractions. There is now yes. Star Wars World Land. Yes. This is an interesting uh, category for this particular intellectual property. But what would you guys most want from A New Hope 
specifically as as a Star Wars attraction. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> I've thought about this all day. So what so, I would do yeah, is, so and, <laughs> and this is just this is just some reference. I don't know how recently anyone's been to um, Walt Disney World, but I've been in the last couple of years. And uh, oh, Pandora. I, I my wife and I got married, but we I haven't been since. They Pandora whipped that. They mm-hmm. added the Avatar Land of Pandora. the The flight of passage ride they have is basically you're riding uh, a dragon from Avatar <laughs> around, and you do this whole thing. Do I you would have like to actually to do plug that. your hair into it to see it. <laughs> no, but it's kind, of, but it simulates it. It's incredible. The ride is oh, amazing. cool. Oh, cool. It's I was one making of the, fun, and then yeah, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So I would kind of take that and expand it, where I would have you go in in groups of five and have five different versions of that, and do uh, and do the Death Star run, where you are Red oh, One, Red God. Two, Red Three, and and you and you know the the game is trying to kill you. And I would have the ride pick you off if you're oh, wow. not doing it well well enough. And oh, I would have wow. moments where you could crash and not destroy the Death Star. Or everyone survives and destroys the Death Star. You know, I would I would have that whole run. You live yeah. that run. In the pit in the cockpit of an expert. Mine's not a whole lot different. Uh, I know that there is already a Millennium Falcon ride, and so apologies if I just haven't been on it. So apologies if this is essentially it. But I think that moment when they first leave the Death Star and they're being chased—that I think would be cool. I think like that, like there's like a ride where you're leaving the Death Star, which is like the first part of the ride, and then suddenly it's like, whoa! Actually, now we're being shot at. Some of the people are gunners. Some of the people are pilots. I do think the future of rides, there's some kind of game component to it. Yeah, so, hundred uh, percent. My, mine's pretty. Um, there. All right. So when ride, I was a so. kid, I had this Star Wars board game that came with a VHS tape, and you you played as the, oh, rebel spies oh. aboard the Death Star who had to, like, I think I forget if you were planting bombs or getting the plans or what. We actually played it a few years ago, and I have two copies of it now, still with the VHS tape. But it inspired me. I would make like a Death Star themed escape room at Disney World, and like you have oh, to like dope. you oh have to like complete God. some objective, like like find some plans or or like f- open up a prison cell to free the princess. Obviously, you couldn't take a whole person and rescue them, but you know something like that, and then you have to escape. But and it's all Death Star themed. I think that would be no, extremely right. cool. Yeah, Star Wars escape room. You're right. Oh no! And oh, I no, put it at Toy Story best. World. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> side note: um, yeah. <laughs> Facebook memories Take tells me that a year ago today, I was actually on that Avatar ride that Sean mentioned. So, yeah, oh, <laughs> it's, it's a really good ride. So that's, that's weird. And then now you're in your living room. <laughs> yeah, writing. I mean, I do not care about Avatar at all. So going in, I was like, yeah, I guess we'll do it, whatever. And then we go on. And we're like, yeah, this is the best part of Animal Kingdom. Except that I met Scrooge McDuck that day. That was the best part of Animal Kingdom. Yeah. But uh, that that ride is amazing, and I would totally totally do a Star Wars Death Star run one in a heartbeat. They say you're not supposed to meet your heroes in real life. He was fantastic. I had a little Scrooge coin pin, and he pointed to it and loved it. I I thought about bringing one of my Carl Barks hardcovers to have him sign, but that would have been a pain to lug around Disney World all day, so I didn't. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes, like some maniac. All right. So if this movie were a Disney musical, what are some moments like, you know, like say this is a, you know, a Disney renaissance, so to speak, a princess musical. Uh, what, what are some moments that you think have to be song numbers? What do you want to see? I mean, obviously, Darth Vader's Be Prepared would be incredible. You know, oh, like, see, I, uh, I was more thinking of a Peter Cushing type <laughs> style of Hellfire oh. from Hunchback of Notre Dame right before but and during he blows Tarkin, up Alderaan. Right yeah. before he blows up Alderaan, you're so right. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Yes. Do a Hellfire. Uh, I mean, like, just... the, the, I think the pinnacle scene is the Be Our Guest showstopper that in the cantina and Mos Eisley. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Dan and the modal nodes be our guest. That moment would be absolutely the, incredible. I, I I would live for that. There's, yeah, there's a, I have a, Luke. a really good Luke. It's when he's when he's like, wanting to get off Tatooine, like I, I just okay. can't wait to be king style. Like just can't wait to get off of this desert. Yeah. Or yeah. go yes. the distance. Yeah, go the distance. And, yeah, and go the distance. And ideally, ideally, Luke's theme is like it starts off on like I wish <laughs> I could leave this world. Yeah, you know, like, 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 yeah. and then like somehow it turns it into. Obviously, ideally, it's not super cheesy, but like, I'd also even cool. love like a bonjour style song <laughs> with the with the Jawas, like yes. like this poor provincial planet, and just like bonjour, 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 there bonjour. There goes the Jawa with the scrappy Yes, just yes, a hundred percent. I love it. I love the idea of Gaston, but it's Han <laughs> singing about himself trying to sell himself. So it's and call like it the that in a castle run, That's no one yeah. castles like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like I love. I love the idea of that. Yeah, that's any other scenes that have to be included in the Star Wars Disney. Movies? I think we got it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I would even like. I would even like the most likely <laughs> scene to be like, uh, like, um, oh, I have a dream from Tangled, and just have Ponda oh, yeah. talk about how the girl that got away, like how none of them are as sure. bad or hardcore as sure. they think they are. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, if this movie was spun off into a Disney Plus series, what would you want? To yeah, I was gonna say. So, so you got the this Mandalorian, Mandalorian right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Mandalorian. Tell me more. That's so well. First, you have a man be a warrior, and then he meets with Werner Herzog. And he spends time with a baby. Yeah, yeah with a baby. No, okay, yes. I hear you. That, think, it's perfect. Um, that's that's the what's funny about this question is I think Star Wars has done the perfect version. Pretty much anything. Like like right. I want to learn more about it. Okay, well the Clone Wars is damn near perfect. Yep. Okay, well what happens, you know, right at right during this whole thing, what's going on in other places? Star Wars Rebels is one of the best TV shows of all time. Well, what happens directly after it? Here's the Mandalorian. Like Right. Disney has really excelled in been the surrounding and, material. And I don't know that I've said it yet on the show, but Star Wars Rebels is incredible. And if you like Star Wars, you need to watch it. You and, have and to watch I want to say it's, it's if amazing. You think, if you think it's too childish, give it four episodes. If you if you make it to the to the fifth episode, you, you'll be hooked. It's incredible. My my pitch for <laughs> spinoff is Cheers, but the Cantina. I like <laughs> that would be you amazing. Know, like, I, I, yeah, that's that's what I want. Cheers with the cantina. Uh, I've actually, best quote. Oh, I've sorry. actually talked about this, and I've wanted to work with some of my comedian comedian friends. We've thought of an idea of 
the people building the Death Star? Because if it's the oh, size sure. of a moon, like there would be like plumbers, it's like that scene from Clerks, and contractors, and show like the hillbillies who actually <laughs> built. Like yes, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> but actually like lived like a sitcom, living those lives, like the contractors yeah. who are basically shamming the the empire for all the money. Well, you got to get a converter cap right here. That's going to cost you at least. Is 3, the series 000, finale, 3, finale like uh, dinosaurs, where the asteroid comes and everybody just gets wiped out? <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. A real bummer ending. Yeah, yeah. like the idea uh, was so- like you pan into the Death Star and you'd see trailers on the bottom, just like suction cups yeah. on. Like we had an idea yeah. of somebody with a Tie Fighter, like a beeping noise backing up Tie Fighter. The door opens and someone just pushes a couch out. And then another spaceship comes and hillbilly aliens take the couch. Like, just something yeah. along those lines. We wanted to call it That's No Move. Oh, that's a great name for it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so best quotes that we haven't gotten to. Is there anything? I mean, like, this category is always interesting because throughout the conversation, a lot come up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't actually said, may the force be with you. And then help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Th- th- yeah. Those two haven't come up yet and and yet appear so much in my day-to-day life i mean mm-hmm. oh i say i mm-hmm. say these aren't the blank you're looking for constantly you're, looking for. you're right you're right that's absolutely we alluded constantly. to the jedi mind trick but yes, yeah these aren't the blank you're looking for that's definitely like the swiss army knife of quote mm-hmm. that's that's the uh my wife may the force uh, be with uh, you though han kind of just like uh says it almost begrudgingly you ever notice that he's like luke May the force be with. Like he doesn't, he doesn't put it. It's like if I said to a yeah. really religious friend, like, "Hey, um, you know, God, God bless you." I guess I don't know. Like he's, he's not comfortable saying it. Exactly. WWJD. Well, it's right after. But I, but I, yeah. It's also but I right like after. And Luke is chastised him for running. I want to say Luke is and really unfair to Han. There, do the rebels also, also want Jabba on them? Like, what? Of course, you should leave. Leia is surprisingly understanding right. about yeah. it. Totally. Anyway, I think. I do think, though, in Han's defense and that delivery also, it's like there are moments in friendship where, like, a friend needs to hear something that you're not even quite yeah. sure how to say it. That's a great point. But like, 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 you know, like sometimes like, like, I don't know, like if someone if someone loses somebody or something like you might say, like, hey, man, hang in. Right. There. And like, yeah, you don't even know what hang in there means. But like. But sure. you know that as sure. your friend, you got to say mm-hmm. something or you're actually a jerk. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's a really human moment for Han. Uh, yeah. Han yeah. also thinks he's about to die. Like, okay, yeah, yeah here. Right. Oh, God uh, bless you we, on your suicide mission. Right, right. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> uh, we, we forgot. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that oh, just ben, speaks to you. Yeah, you but, never <laughs> talked about Chewbacca not getting his medal and the things that don't hold up. Oh, Why all the gosh, white men get medals? Not? Why all the white men get medals? Chewbacca can't get a medal. I, okay. Am I ready where's to the, Where's the, the droid podcast? medals, too? Ain't no R2 I medal. About, I ranted about this for 30 years. Not 30. I don't know. I think about the time I was 10, it like finally popped in my head that he didn't get a medal. And it bothered me so much. My poor, poor wife, Sarah, the whole time she's known me, it's been a thing I ranted about. And I am, I'm not kidding. I'm not proud of this at all. But when I saw spoilers, I guess, whatever, for Rise of Skywalker, when Maz gives Chewie his medal, (laughs) I 
I bawled. I bawled. I cried so hard. I cried so hard. I, I, and I said, thank you out loud, like a, like a serial killer out loud to no one. I guess to Maz, Kanata, to Lapita. I, I said, thank you. <laughs> and the people behind me laughed. <laughs> oh, see, reasonably so. I you'll, you'll appreciate so this, hard. Ben. Oh, I saw that movie for the first time with my mother, and oh, okay. I, I, you, lo- I love Chewbacca. I not as much as you, but I love Chewbacca. When the spaceship blows up, oh my! God. I literally grabbed my things and turned to my mom and said, <laughs> "We are leaving." Oh, oh. Okay, and so I, I literally was walking podcast, out, and when Chewbacca I, walked so back I, in, I sat back down. I was like, okay, I'm still mad at this, but at least they didn't kill him off camera. I, I turned to my neighbor and, and muttered, I, I, sa- I said, I, I think. So we went and saw it, opening night, we're stoked. I, I whispered to him, I, I said, I think I have to leave. And he was like, what? And I was like, I think I have to leave. And I could tell he didn't understand what I was saying. And I just sat there rocking back in my chair. And then when it's revealed that Chewbacca doesn't die out loud, like a serial killer, <laughs> I said, oh, thank God. And yeah, the, three I... or four people behind me burst out like like mm-hmm. like middle school bully. Like, yes. <laughs> and, yes. but like I was, oh, I was a mess. I, was a mess. I said that I uh, said that exact same thing the first time I saw it. The second oh, see, time I, I saw it when yeah. he showed back up, I literally went. Fuck you. <laughs> I was just like, why? Oh, oh. An interesting Chewbacca impression. Right? Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> really quick, I always like to end on just kind of like general trivia. This movie was nominated for like a crazy number of Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Alec Guinness, not Harrison Ford. What? Or Peter Mayhew. Screenplay. Or, or agreed, agreed. Don't get me started. Uh, it won best costume design, best film editing, best original score. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's probably yeah. literally the best score of all time. Best production design, best sound. I mixing, don't know, man. Best visual effects, and my man Ben Burt won a special achievement Academy Award because at the time they didn't have like a design Oscar for sound. Like so, they were like, uh, I don't know what to call this, but this man needs a golden statue. They did that with Toy Story. Empire is a better score. Um, Yes, they did, exactly. Oh, no, I think think it's a testament to John Williams that he, you can legitimately argue six different things for for the best of all time. I think Jaws has to be in that category. Indiana Jones has to be in that category. Superman the movie, Jurassic Park, like, his repertoire is ridiculous. I totally agree with your point. I'll never be able to turn off my Star Wars fan bias. Uh, and see i'm so, an indie uh, guy that's my jam when i hear that indie theme it's just give me my hat my bull whip sooner or later they're gonna add indie to disney plus and i'll have you on the later oh episode for, um, for kingdom so, right because that's the one that we got to talk about we, we got to talk kingdom of the crystal skull what i could talk movie. about that movie for days oh, man. i did want to talk about a specific trivia moment which is that <laughs> r5d4 who is the droid that luke calls red who short circuits there uh I, do we know what I we're thought it was about Chopper. Like, when I watched it this time, I was like, is that oh, fucking Chopper? No, he's not Chopper. That'd be okay. crazy. I, I do want to talk about a really interesting thing, which is that it is now canon. There was a short story that was added recently, and R2D2 tells him, Hey, I am on a mission 
and I have to go with C-3PO and get bought by this guy. So I need you to short circuit so that I I can join up. And R5 says like, okay, man, I'll do it. So R5 Jesus makes Christ. this crazy huge sacrifice. That's right. Not just in your short circuits, it's actually oh choice. He whispers, Deus has Machina. He's, he's a hero. I had an, I had an R5-D4 no, toy that to you had, had like no, a little yellow missile thing that loaded into it and shot straight up. I had the same toy. I had it toy. I, I had that one as well. I loved it. So uh, that brings us to the end of our discussion of uh, A New Hope. I'm actually pretty proud of us. We only went like an hour and a half, and I thought for sure we, <laughs> we could go longer. Five hours. Um, oh, we could have. Is there anything you if have we to were in person, we wouldn't have <laughs> shut up. I agree. I think the computer caused us to like stop and like listen <laughs> yes. to each other in a way that yes. we wouldn't. Have. Are there any other things you just have to uh, say about a new hope before we end? Gotta I'm get going out. to take. I'm I'm going to be the one white male here to acknowledge our our privilege and at least give a moment of respect that is due to Carrie Fisher, who is incredible in the movie. And we and in a time of her. Yeah. in a time of Me Too and a time of you know demanding w- women representation and and all of these things, we really forget how badass women were in the early seventies and eighties. I mean, we get Carrie Fisher in the, we get Princess Leia, we get uh, Ellen Ripley, and we yep. get Sarah Connor within six years of each other. And Carrie Fisher is strong. She's independent. She needs no one to save her. When these bumbling idiots show up, she takes the gun and caps like three yep. people. Like yep. she's hard, she's soft, she's she's everything. Carrie Fisher is, she besides her bizarre accent choices, flawless in the movie. Right. I know. I totally agree with that. You're right. We we did not talk enough about how rad Leia is. She's yes. Incredible. And, and just like Stone Cold. Well, I mean, like perfect moment. She just watched her entire planet get blown up, and she's like having to be Luke Skywalker's like emotional rock. Because a guy he's known for like five days died. Like, like, yes. Yeah. Well, and realizes the difference of when she needs to be those things. Because before then, when he's like, um, I'm a little overwhelmed right now, she's literally a Marine. It's like, like, <laughs> let's go. Gears in the rear. Like, come on. Totally. She takes charge of every situation she's in. She's, she's fantastic. I thought we would have been a mist if we didn't at least gush over her a little bit. I agree. Um, Dan, there's one, uh, small trivia thing around. that I actually learned recently. Um, that actually ties in with the sort of creation of Star Wars, and that is that George Lucas, uh, for the role of Obi-Wan, originally wanted uh, Toshiro Mifune. Um, and as much as I love Alec Guinness, that would have improved oh, the movie because Toshiro God. Mifune is one of the all-time greatest actors. Oh, um, and of course, That's wild. Yeah, that's we we usually talk about we we often talk about. I, yeah, I, 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 that was I, on the sheet, and so I had it written oh, down. I wanted man. to put it out there. That yeah, he couldn't come to an agreement know. with Mifune, and then he was like, "Well, would you be Darth Vader oh. instead?" And they couldn't even make that happen. Oh. Um, and of course, Star Wars is pretty. It's inspired oh. by the Hidden Fortress. The influence is certainly oh. overstated, but um, sure. you know, sure. it's there. That's incredible. Wow. Well, that's that's what I love. Is is Star Wars, I think, is so magical because it's I, it's equated in this way to the Matrix. If you talk, if you listen to the Wachowskis talk, they basically mm-hmm. threw everything they loved into one movie. All the yes. anime and stuff, all Wars of the sci-fi is. stuff, yep. they took everything they loved and threw yep. it in a blender. That's what Star Wars is. 
It's everything George Lucas loved about Westerns, about samurai movies, about fantasy movies, about sci-fi, and just put it on a blender and pooped out Star Wars. No, I I think that's absolutely true. Uh, Now that we said casting, I do have to mention that uh, (laughs) Kurt Russell read for Han Solo, which is fascinating, and and Burt Reynolds was actually very seriously considered for Han Solo. Okay. basically just didn't have time for it. Uh, I don't want to lose Falcon. the version of Star Wars we have, oh, but I do want to damn. see the version of Star Wars with Kurt Russell and Toshiro Mifune. <laughs> I, I agree. Oh I agree. my if, god. If if I could like if I had one wish for like skipping timelines, that might be the one. That like <laughs> that's I would, that, that I would want him to have the same <laughs> hair he has in Big Trouble in Little China though. Oh, of like course. I want to see redneck Han Solo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want, that's what I want. God, oh that would have yeah. been. Oh, Kurt been Russell and Tachiro Mifune. Oh, yeah. I've never, <laughs> I've never thought this movie could be better until right but now. Maybe, but maybe, yeah. <sighs> so that brings us to the end of our discussion of A New Hope, Episode Four, Star Wars. Thank you guys so much for for coming on. Or do you guys have anything in particular you want to plug? I know Sean, you're a stand-up comedian. Is there any? I know. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Ask me about my upcoming shows, man. Please. I'd love uh, to give you my calendar at this moment. There's nothing (laughs) weird going on where we can't actually be around each other. Um, you can, you can find my stuff on YouTube. Um, my booking tape is out there. Um, when we open back up, I'm generally at the improv in Kansas city or the comedy club of Kansas city, uh, which is off of state line and Warnell. Um, and then Get you on uh, some more shows at the Rhino too. Yes, a hundred percent. I do that open mic pretty regularly. Yeah. So, so uh, it's a yeah, good time. Um, with your permission, I'll, we'll, me and you will off off mic. We'll figure out a, a clip to play at the end of the episode so people can hear some of your stand up. Is that cool? Sure. Thing? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Dan, any any <laughs> of your uh, studies in the uh, Donald Duck family lineage? Well, as as long like as you're gonna pin that on me, then yeah, go go read some Carl Barks, Uncle Scrooge comics from Fanagraphics. They're the all time greatest comics. There are no bad <laughs> ones. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan, what's your what's your uh, it's handle? Brain it's underscore underscore king. Two underscores. Brain king. There you go. I love it. Two underscores too. Well. Uh, Dan and Sean, thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate it. This is such an important movie to me. You guys are two of my best, oldest friends, and I, I had to have people I care about on for this one. So thank you so much. Uh, may the Force be with you. And and, and in, on a serious note, like, you know, I, I hope you guys are all holding up well in the middle of this weird quarantine and all that jazz. But so thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and so stay tuned. I'm going to play what, what you're about to hear when we wrap up is a clip of Sean Brennan doing stand-up comedy. You should absolutely check it out. Peace out! Is I am a lunch lady. <laughs> That's exactly how my mom reacted. I'm a lunch lady. I told everyone here that so you could feel a little bit better about how your life's going right now. It's weird. And a lot of you are like, you don't look like a lunch lady. Well, I am. Hashtag me too. (laughs) That's what they call themselves. That's what I call myself. What am I going to call myself? A lunch gentleman? That sounds creepy. That sounds like a gigolo that only works in the afternoon. It's not good. I don't like it at all. I did a show last night. One of the people yelled out, 
You should call yourself a lunch man. <laughs> Creepier. <laughs> you guys have kids? If you were in the park and your kid walked up to you with a sandwich you had never seen before. And he, you said, where did you get that sandwich? And he said, that lunch man over there gave it to me. You would snatch that shit out of his hands. Be like, he's trying to kidnap you, idiot. <laughs>